What's going on, everyone? I'm actually going to film a Freddie and Alyssa show episode live. And um, let me just give it just a second for people to hop on, and then I'll kind of share what I've got set up here. It's pretty crazy. I've got my TikTok right here. Hello, TikTok. I got Instagram right here. Hello, Instagram. I got YouTube right here. Hi, YouTube. And I got Facebook over here. Hi, Facebook. And then I've even got the microphone for the audio so I can upload the audio of the podcast to our iTunes and all those platforms as well. But Alyssa's doing a, a training right now, and we were going to wait till she's done, but it might not be till like 8, 8.30, and then by the time we filmed it and edited it, I didn't want to get it up at like 1 o'clock in the morning today. I figured, let me just go live, and if I go live on all the platforms, this way I can hop around, answer some questions, and hopefully put together a wonderful uh, podcast for you. This is also episode 199, so I want to thank all of you who've been on this journey with us for the past... Uh, three and a half years. It means the absolute world to us. If you're someone who's new and you may, maybe have seen an episode or two or a handful, or if you're someone who's never seen an episode, um, please feel free to check them out. If you want to watch the video, it's on YouTube and Facebook. If you want to just listen, you can check it out on iTunes and other platforms. And um, we are going to start posting a little bit more of our clips on like TikTok and Instagram and things like that. But uh, it's always a long-form conversation, so every now and then we'll put little sound bites out there. But I wanted to do a Q&A. Since I don't have my co-host today, I figured let me do a fun Q&A. We can all chit-chat. So have your questions coming in, and if I miss it, please feel free to ask it again because I'm going to be hopping to four different screens, so I'll probably miss some of them. Um, so feel free to ask again, and I want to thank you all for stopping by and saying hello. But let me go ahead and do my famous intro, and I'm going to do it live, so now the pressure's on me. Welcome, everyone, to the Freddie and Alyssa Show. If you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, all that fun YouTube stuff. If you're watching on Facebook and you'd like to like the page, that would be awesome. If you're listening on a platform like iTunes, hello out there. We've been putting up content for about four years professionally, and we couldn't be doing what we love without all of your support. So thank you, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, and iTunes, and all the audio platforms. We appreciate you so much. And our goal, we actually got advice, um, not personal advice, but advice from Gary Vaynerchuk online about three years ago. I watched a clip of him. Maybe some of you know Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, big entrepreneur, runs many companies, and uh, has a huge personality on social media. And when we started our podcast in 2018, April of 2018, we were pondering the question of where do we put the podcast? Do we, do we put it on YouTube? Do we put it on Facebook? Do we put it on iTunes? What, where do we put it? Um, as well as all the other content that we're, that we're building. You know, do we just pick Instagram? Do we just pick, well, TikTok wasn't a thing then, or at least for us. And he said, don't create fix, fri uh, friction with your audience. Some people love Instagram. Some people love TikTok. Some people love YouTube. Some people love Facebook. So give them your content on all platforms so that people can consume it on the platform they enjoy most. And I find myself as a consumer of some of my favorite people, that's how I am. There are some people I will only watch on certain platforms. So we took that advice to heart and we've been putting out content on all these different platforms. So I'm hoping you're all enjoying it and that we're reaching you in the most comfortable place and um, the most comfortable platform. So uh, let me start hopping into some questions. Uh, not to tease that, but I just remembered um, one more thing. Um, Chandler Massey and myself 
are doing an event, a virtual event live this Saturday, October 16th at 2 p.m. And you can go to spectrumcelebs.com or check out Spectrum Celebs on Instagram and they're gonna have more um, information on the event. I did see in a post recently, they do have uh, tickets for sale as well. Um, and this way you can grab some of those if you'd like to hang out with me and Chandler. It's gonna be the first time that we are getting together on, um, I mean, yeah, is that the last time? I've talked to Chandler, but I, I haven't seen him since our last podcast that we did when he came over. And then I think, yeah, I think this is gonna be like a year since we've, we've talked. So we're both gonna be on Zoom catching up. So if you wanna be a part of that, go uh, Google Spectrum Celebs. I should have looked up their exact website, but you'll find Spectrum Celebs, Freddie and Chandler. I'm sure it'll come up on one of these uh, platforms for it. You can grab some tickets. So we're gonna have fun, but I love the two gentlemen who run that company. They've always been great to me. So um, they're, they're gonna put on a great event. So I'm very, very excited about it. But let's hop into some of the questions. Let me just start from left to right and see what we got here. And I got to keep the flow going because I also am recording the audio for our podcast. So it's going to be great. Um, I am currently in, I grew up in Ashtabula, Ohio. So that's the northeastern part of Ohio. I'm about an hour east of Cleveland and right on the Pennsylvania border. So Erie, Pennsylvania, I actually went to in my lifetime more than Cleveland, Ohio, because it was a little closer and it was the biggest city for school shopping, um, going to a mall, a bunch of restaurants, things like that. So that's where I grew up. I left Ashtabula in June of 2006, three weeks after graduating high school. And I drove from Ashtabula, Ohio, out to Los Angeles, California to pursue my dream as an actor. Uh, now that I look back, I don't think I gave my parents enough credit because now that I'm a grown-up, at least I like to think I am, I'm 33, the, um, the fearlessness that they ha had to have and the trust that they had to have in me uh, and the selflessness to allow their only child to pack up their car three weeks after high school and go to Los Angeles and to be in Hollywood um, just took a lot of trust and a lot of, uh, you know, on their end. So the older I got, I really appreciated them allowing me to go out and pursue my dreams. And, uh, that's where I spent 15 years of my life, almost, almost 15 years in Los Angeles. And then once the pandemic hit, uh, my wife and I were kind of always thinking about moving back to, uh, not moving back, but my, my, my wife, Alyssa grew up in, uh, South Florida. So our goal was always to go to Florida. And when the pandemic happened, we decided, you know, this is the best time to do it. The show that I was working on, Days of Our Lives, had rested our characters. I didn't know when the industry was coming back. I didn't know when the characters were coming back or if they would come back. So I said, you know what, I can't just wait around for the pandemic to clear up or for the show to call me or for auditioning to start again. So I made the decision with my wife that now's the time for the new chapter we've been wanting to take. We just didn't know when. And everything kind of lined up and we decided to make that move. So we actually just celebrated our year anniversary here in Orlando, Florida. We're 10 minutes south of Disney. And so Orlando has become our home now. We love it. We've been here a year. The weather's actually starting at night to get a little cooler, which is nice so I can like wear some, some layers. But I never complain. I love Orlando. I, I, I love the weather. I love Florida. And um, people say, oh, it's so hot. I'm like, I love it. 
I love a good sweat when you're outside and you're just you just feel healthy. So it's really really great. Um, let me check to make sure that I'm recording the audio here. Yes, I am. Ah, I made sure I checked all the boxes. So thank you for that question. Um, let me move over to Instagram now. Yes, Alyssa, she is uh, on a training right now. She is absolutely crushing her real estate business, and I'm so happy to play a, a part in it as well. I'm kind of behind the scenes, which I actually like because I've been in front of the camera and the center of attention with my other career, and I just love being able to pass that baton and, and just to help her flourish. But she's constantly learning, educating herself. She's working with an incredible brokerage. And it's just a bunch of people working extremely hard. She has so many clients right now. And I think that's what's really great and what really attracts us to new opportunities. If you're an OG and you uh, have followed Alyssa and I probably since like 2013, you will know that we have done so many different things. We're not afraid to try something new. And once you kind of get used to understanding that you can succeed, and you can fail and at the end of the day this is corny but it's so true and it took me years so i did not know this at 25 believe me i was chasing the the golden carrot it took me years to realize that the journey and the process and the person you become when you're trying a new adventure or working on a new project is where my life comes from i love starting as a metaphor in the back of the room. I love when there's somebody on stage and I'm new to an industry and I'm in the back of the room with a notebook and I'm slowly working my way up until I can be on stage, um, whatever I'm doing. I, I love acquiring new skills. And it just so happened that when I moved out to Los Angeles to be an actor, this was before podcasting, before social media, before all of this was like most of our lives. And it's so interesting that becoming an actor, learning to be a storyteller, and one of my hobbies that I have been doing since I was 19 years old is I bought, with my roommate Mio, we bought a program called Final Cut Pro. And Final Cut Pro is an editing software that we used and we started filming skits and I wish I could find the old footage. It was on this little like disc and you had to put it uh, in a specific camera, or maybe it fit in the DVD player, but we would film these different skits and we taught ourselves to edit and editing has always stuck with me. So I have been editing for probably 14 years of my life and I had no idea, fast forward to today, that editing, acting and storytelling is basically the three pillars of creating content online. So I just so happened to pick a career that molded beautifully with the current state of the world and how we enjoy um, you know, having a podcast and creating content and things like that. And then we also were in sales and marketing for five or six years. And that just taught us how to be business people because we were the creatives, we were the artists, but we needed a little direction and we learned personal development. We learned how to take responsibility, how to be resourceful, how to be a problem solver, how to market and advertise, how to have the correct posture when it comes to talking to businesses or selling yourself or a product. And so when we combined all of that, it has basically led to this trifecta of us creating content on all these platforms, um, having a podcast to share long form ideas of things that we care about or find entertaining, 
And then we have many little products here and there that we're working on. And then of course with real estate, that kind of just blends perfectly because in order to acquire clients, uh, you need to have yourself out there. I mean, you can go old school and do the mailers, which I know that Alyssa is doing as well. You can knock on doors, but you can also create content. And if people get to know you, we've had some wonderful referrals. So I want to thank you all so much for referring um, your family or friends to us. And if you've watched us for a while, that's what's really cool is that if you know someone, we're getting the referrals that way because we've shown that we're like, authentic, awesome people, and we try to do the best we can all the time. So that has just blended in perfectly. So it's not like we've pivoted too far away of everything. It kind of all came together, but it took about 15 years of hard work to get to the point that we're at today. All right, let me hop over to YouTube now. All right. Um, what did I think of the replacement of Sonny? Zach was incredible, and I'm so, so grateful that they decided to do a recast of the character. For those of you who might, I think many of you have been following me on TikTok. I know I have a, um, a, a, a new audience who is just kind of getting to know me. So if you don't know, I, I played Sonny Kiriakis on the soap opera Days of Our Lives for about nine years. And uh, they decided, the show decided to rest those characters. And we worked for nine years straight. There's a little break in between. But uh, in the soap opera world, people come and go. So I'm very grateful that we actually made it um, nine years. And they, when they rested the characters, I had about a year and a half to make that decision of, you know, do I go back? Do I just pop in and out? What do I do? And after much thought, I, I decided to just close that chapter and focus on my future and look back as that as, as on days is just a great memory and a great chapter in my life that um, was a huge, huge part of my life because I was on the show in my 20s and a lot went on in my personal life that mixed with business all at the same time. So that nine years was extremely meaningful uh, to me. The people that I met, the people that, that we touched through that story was super important. And when I, pa when I passed on coming back as Sonny, uh, my, one of my main concerns is I knew people would be disappointed, but if I was the reason that they never brought Wilson back again, I would have felt really bad about that. So I was super happy that they replaced Sonny so that that storyline can continue. And I did watch Beyond Salem, um, the Will and Sonny storyline. I was a little biased there, so I skipped through and just watched uh, the Will and Sonny storyline, and, and I, I think it was absolutely phenomenal. So I really enjoy the recast, and I wish Zach and all of my friends and family over at Days well. I hope I hope the show continues forever because uh, people love it, and I'm I'm very grateful that I was able to be a part of it for so long. Um, okay, let's move over to Facebook. Everybody who's listening right now on iTunes, they're going to get the recorded version. So one day, iTunes. We got to figure out a way for you all to ask some questions and I'll make sure to answer them moving forward. Yes, thank you. This is, uh, this is, I, I shop, I, I just pick things up at Marshall's or Ross. They're my two favorite places. I think TJ Maxx too, right? I think I might've gone there before, but Marshall's is my go-to. I absolutely love it. And I think the reason for it is when I create content, I'm taking pictures, doing podcasts, you can probably tell my mom is the first to point it out. She goes, Freddie, you wear the same shirts all the time, but I hate spending money on clothes. It's my pet peeve right now. I, I do believe in like a really nice suit and I love, like I've got 
from back in the day when I was irresponsible. Like I do have like three to $500 boots. I got like a couple hundred dollar pair of jeans. Like I bought nice things. And, um, but when it comes to just being on camera a lot, I want to have different clothing. So I'll go to Marshall's like once every two to three months, I'll spend a hundred bucks and get like 12 new items. And then I can kind of cycle through that. And the good news is that I've actually lost some weight over the past almost two months now. And I'm fitting into my washed larges again. So that's kind of how I judge um, my sizing is that I, I'm either a unwashed large or a washed large because that shrinks or I'm an unwashed extra large or a washed extra large. And I'm very happy to report that I'm a washed large right now. So if I keep this up by Christmas, I might be back in an unwashed medium, which is going to be my sweet spot. So, um, but yeah, so every now and then I'll buy some stuff and, and it just makes you feel good. Cause I, I was recycling a bunch of workout gear all through the pandemic and I'm just so sick of it. So I was like, I want to get my fashion sense back. All right here, TikTok, what you got for me? All right, and some of you have some awesome questions, and if I've already answered it on this particular one, I, I'm not going to repeat it this time because I don't want to be repetitive. So again, don't think I'm ignoring your question. I'm just picking ones that I know I can riff on. Am I going to record? Let me let me do a bunch here. So um, the event. For Saturday, for, for Chandler and I, um, it, it Google Spectrum Celeb Events, and you can get some, you can get tickets. I don't think that they're going to record it and, and put it out later, though that is a really good business idea if, you, um, if you're open um, to that idea. I've seen other people do that where you charge for the live event, and then like a month later, you can release the recorded video where people can pay like, a fraction of the cost, but they can watch what that may be. But I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna do uh, the recording of it. So if if you're unavailable uh, Saturday at two Eastern, then I think you might miss that one. But I know Chandler and I are gonna end up doing something together in the future. But I don't know when that is. I don't know if that's a month from now, if that's a year or five years from now. But I feel Chandler and I will do something. I don't know if it's going to be acting or something in media or if it'll be something in business, but I feel like him and I really got along very well on many levels, uh, especially like intellectually. We were like interested in the same stuff. So I, I think Chandler and I will do something in the future. I don't know what that is. But if you do want to watch some, some uh, Chandler interviews with me, uh, we had Chandler on our podcast, I think like three or four times. So if you head over to YouTube and type in, you know, Freddie, the Freddie and Alyssa show Chandler Massey you'll be able to see uh, a couple of the episodes. We discussed our departure. We discussed um, many different things, but those episodes did very well. People enjoyed them. Oh, that's a really great one. So I'll, I'll double this one up here. Thank you, TikTok. Um, so that's the big, that's the big, um, the big question. And that's what me and my wife are starting to do uh, you know, if you, yet again, if you followed us for a while, you're going to realize just what planners we are. I like to dissect things. I know there's no right time, 
But I, I also think there is a right time. I understand both sides of that argument when it comes to kids. Like, yeah, you know, you're, you're all, all, there's always going to be life. You're always going to be busy. But I do think there are certain things. Like for us, I would love to have a house. I would love to be able to secure that here in Florida. So I think next year, if things, you know, go the way we want them to, I really want to get a house. Uh, I want to be able to have a mother-in-law suite or a guest house, as they call it. For my parents, they're both retired, and I'd love for them to be able to come down and have a place to stay for two, three weeks at a time. And I would love to be able to have just some extra space in a house and have a little more stability in that regard. Because Alyssa and I have just been, you know, rogue agents our, our whole lives. And uh, we've moved 15, 16 times. I've had so many different addresses. And I think when you have a kid, it's really going to, you know, require a little stability and I would just feel better knowing that we have um, a house and then my sister-in-law and brother-in-law are moving here in two months and they have two little ones a newborn and uh, almost a three-year-old and they're looking for a house so we're starting to learn all the schools in the area and that's something we've never had to care about but now when we go to buy a house schools are going to be important and we also were doing research too we have a friend of ours who's like you have to look into private schools uh, as well. And so that was the first time in my life I've ever researched like, what is a private school? What's the difference? What's the cost? And so that's interesting that some people go private, some people go public. Me and Alyssa both uh, grew up in public schools. So we have to make those kind of decisions. Do you have a babysitter or a nanny? Do you have your parents help? Do you help? How do you schedule things? Who gets up at night? So we're, all, we're starting to do, slowly research this stuff, but I, that's my long-winded answer to a child, probably just one, uh, will be in our future, I would say, in the next one to three years. Uh, my wife, she probably can't hear me right now, but she is, uh, you know, she just turned 34. So I think within, you know, three years, yet again, the research that we've done, but I know a lot of people have had healthy, successful pregnancies and births well after 37, but we understand that the risks are there from the research and things that we've heard from doctors. And um, so we have to make that decision based on, what would you call that, biology? So, you know, but for us, we, we just moved. We, we, we had a life for almost 15 years in Los Angeles and we, we built friendships there. We built a routine there. We had a career there. We had, you know, we knew everything about California, the state and everything. And here we are a year in. So it's like we we picked up and moved to a place where we didn't know anyone. We, we started, I mean, we kind of had the same career because we were always building content, doing podcasting, working with brands, but the real estate is new and now we're in a new area. So I think once we get our footing um, in the next couple years, we're going to start trying and uh, that's going to be very exciting. Uh, it'll be something really fun to, to learn. All right. All right, IG. How old was I when I first started Days? 24. I was 24 years old. I remember it like it was yesterday. My big break was, um, interesting enough, was... Oh, these are, two, these are great questions. Thank you so much. Um, my big break prior to Days of Our Lives was commercials. So before social media was as big as it was, 
I uh, my advice to all actors, and I think this still holds up. I think this is still great advice for people who want to be actors. Don't overlook commercials. Commercials are one of my favorite forms of acting for a few reasons. Number one is it would give you the option to have more auditions. And the more auditions you have, the better you get. They also weren't time consuming. 99% of all commercial auditions I had never had any dialogue that I had to memorize. If there was dialogue, it'd be written on a big board under the camera. So I would look and go, if you want a Honda Civic or whatever it was, uh, but it'd be written there. It'd be like a one-liner. So it was very easy, but it allowed me to get comfortable in front of camera and it paid a ton. Commercials, if it runs nationally, pays a lot. Um, I, there was a few commercials that I did. I think uh, Taco Bell paid about, I made Taco Bell, I made about 30 grand for one day of work. Um, PetSmart was another 30 grand. And PetSmart was successful because it was a generic spot. And this is what was like so bizarre. Um, I shot for three hours. I went there at eight in the morning to a PetSmart. And by 11 a.m. I was done. They put me in a PetSmart uniform and I was loading dog food in the back of an SUV from a distance. And it was their final shot of like after their, the new sale and blah, 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 blah. And then it just shows me petting the dog, loading dog food from a distance. Like if you saw it, you, I don't even know if you'd really know it's me, but it was a generic commercial, which I didn't know what that meant, but they reused it for Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day. So every time it ran, it was a new pay cycle. So that one is why that one got up to that amount. And then K Jewelers, they ran that two Valentine's Day in a row. So the same thing happened there, a JCPenney commercial. But I, I made, that was why I was able to quit my serving job. So in 2010, March of 2010, maybe April, April 2010, I had three commercials under my belt. I had about like 30 grand in my savings account. I had no debt and my bills were 1500 a month. I was living with my friend Mio and I was like, you know what? I got two years worth of money. I don't want any distractions. I've been out here now for four and a half years, almost five years at that time. Yes, almost five years. I was working all these jobs. I finally had enough money that I go, I'm gonna quit my serving job and I'm gonna focus 100% on acting. And I have two years worth of money. So if I don't book anything for two whole years, I still have money, but I'll book something in those two years. So I was like, I'm dedicating my life to acting. I'm not gonna be distracted. So I did a lot of acting and a lot of partying uh, in that year. And it led to, not the partying, but the acting practice led to, in December, me booking 90210, um, the reboot on the CW. And that was my big break when it came to understanding what micro fame was like. Um, I had publicists calling me. Do you all remember Perez Hilton? Back in the day, I think Perez, is Perez Hilton still as popular? I don't know if I see him as much in culture anymore, but back in the day in like 2010, being on Perez Hilton was like a huge deal. And I remember I just was like super popular for about two weeks. 
And I was like, this is crazy. And um, they had me for like eight episodes. But then after I started filming it, I don't think I was ready, to be honest. I did okay. If you watch the episodes, like I did okay. But I definitely wasn't that great. And I think they saw that. Or it was maybe they maybe it had nothing to do with my ability. Maybe they just changed their mind. But they ended up cutting my part from eight episodes, which was a potential eight. I think so. Maybe it was only five. I don't know. But I ended up doing just five. But they gave me a script one day where my character had a family, and then they ended up cutting all that. They cut a lot of my scenes out. And um, so it didn't really go that well. But I did do five episodes. I got a little taste of what primetime TV was. And the thing that just like is like hurt my heart so bad is I did the show about four or five years too early because I remember people would cut my episodes from 90210 and they would rip them onto YouTube, but you, you can't have copyrighted stuff. But I remember looking on YouTube and they had like 300,000 views or there was like millions of views on my storyline all over the internet. And I didn't have social media and there wasn't social media at the time, but that would have helped me so much back in the day because I would have picked up so many new followers, which would, which essentially in the acting business, followers, audience, fans, that number to the industry means marketability. So back in the day, you had to um, have something called a press kit where your publicist would would put you on red carpets and then there'd be all these photos of you. So when casting directors and producers would Google you, it would show that you're hot and marketable and you'd have to present a press kit when you're submitting for a big role. Well, now with social media, that's the press kit is, is they just look to see how much engagement, how many people are online, what's your follower count. So they can kind of count a percentage of your followers are going to tune in or go to the movie and that's how it's turned into. But anywho, I finished 90210. Three weeks later, had the audition for days, booked that, and the rest is history. So I went on, I was on, um, I, I did a few more commercials while I was on days, and then I was auditioning as well. But then things got a little difficult with scheduling, and I was tired of going to the commercial audition or the actual theatrical audition for like a television show or movie. And then, um, Hey, babe. Hey, babe. Alyssa? Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Is, can you have your headphones? She's going to be so mad at me if I interrupted, but I could hear the, uh, through the, through the Zoom. Um, the, um, but yeah, so I, I, I ended up, what would happen is that I would go to a, um, I would go to an audition. I would take three hours in traffic after a long work day. I would go and audition. They would call me back. I would go to the callback and then they would do like a chemistry read where I'd work with like another actor. But on days of our lives that week, it just so happened for in this one example, we were filming a wedding or a funeral and there was like 20 of us actors there. So they, they, they can't be flexible if there's 20 actors. If it was just me and Chandler at the Brady pub, and you ask them, can I move my Friday to Thursday? They would do that most of the time because it's not that big of a deal. But if there's 20 actors, they would never move the schedule if there's 20 people. So that happened so many times where I wouldn't be able to make the call back because of work. So around like 2015, or no, I'm sorry, like 2013, 
I go, you know what? I'm just going to focus all my time on days and I'm going to start focusing on other things that I can control in my own time, um, writing my own scripts, things like that, and working on marketing and sales and got into that whole game so that it was outside the industry and I could do it on my own time. So realistically, to be honest with you, I, I haven't auditioned since 2013. So for about seven years, I never auditioned. And then once I moved to Florida, I started putting auditions on tape again because I wanted to see what the universe wanted me to do. I just felt like once the show was let me go in February 2020, I was like, well, what's maybe maybe that's a sign for me to go out and act. Maybe that's a sign for me to go audition again. So I went and got an agent. Um, I, I went on a, a handful of auditions on, on camera, on tape, and sent them in. And I enjoyed it, kind of. Uh, and then there was this one audition that came in, and um, I read it, and I just wasn't excited about putting it on tape. I was like, I just don't want to do this right now. And that's when I made my decision about six, seven months ago where I was like, you know what? I gave it an honest shot. I've been doing this for 15 years. I even trained for acting um, when I was 17 years old in Ohio and Cleveland. I went every weekend. Like I really put a good 15, 16 years into this industry and I'm just going to take a break. So I told my agent, I, I want to, you know, I, I don't uh, want to audition anymore. I'm just going to be done for the moment. And so I just got rid of everything, took myself off the casting websites, like completely shut everything down. And uh, I'm just taking a complete break from the traditional aspect of, of acting. Um, and so we'll see. So I might go back in a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. I might create my own thing. But right now, we're really laser focused on the three projects that we're working on. And that's what I want to put all my time and energy into. And this is also the first time that I'm actually... Uh, experiencing life in a different way. You know, living in Hollywood right out of high school was all I knew. So I only understood life, A, as a teenager, which as you get older, you look back and go, wow, I didn't know anything. Very proud of that young guy, though. I'm glad that he took those risks and did what he did. Um, but you look back and I was like, who was that? Like, I don't even recognize who I was at 19 years old. Like, it's crazy the amount that I actually grew. Um, but... Yeah, I, I, I only knew Hollywood. And it's been really fascinating being in like, just like a real part of the world, like in Florida, not in Hollywood. Like you realize how much Hollywood is such a, um, I guess you could use bubble. That's not the right word I'm looking for, but it's the essentially what I mean. Like every single person that you meet in Hollywood is an actor, singer, writer, publicist, music manager, something like that. Um, now, lots of TikTokers, Instagrammers, influencers. Um, their aunt's a director. Their dad is Steven Spielberg. Their uncle's a manager. They're an agent, manager. Like, everything is Hollywood. And that's why people go there. I mean, that's why you go there for the opportunity. Um, it, was, it treated me very well. I loved it. But there's also something super cool about living in a place where people don't ask you. Like, this is a perfect example. I was cleaning out my car yesterday and this gentleman pulls in next to me in our apartment complex and we just start shooting the shit. And uh, he goes, I, I, I lived in North Hollywood. And I go, no way. And he goes, I just moved here and uh, we started chatting. We talked for like 30 minutes outside the car and nothing came up about what I do for work. 
it, it was just two people who bonded over living in California and who bonded over baseball. We talked about baseball. We talked about California. We talked about pizza joints. And it wasn't like, hey, so what So what do you do? What have you been in? Who are you? Like, it's, it's, it's always like a test. You're always proving yourself when you're in Hollywood. And I understand it. You, you, you want to network. But uh, there's something that I, I guess if, if you've been in that position, you'd understand. And maybe you've had a position like that in your life where you were just in an ecosphere. Maybe it's like a big office party and it's just like all about work. And sometimes you just want to chit chat about baseball. And it's not about like what manager acting class you're in or what movie you're doing next or who you know. It's just like two people just enjoying each other's company and sh sharing a neighborly conversation. So uh, that's been really cool. And also not, you know, it's it's just different. You know, with real estate, it almost seems a little like acting because, you know, finding a new client for Alyssa is like getting an audition. And then once you actually find them a house and it closes and you get paid is like booking it. So you're always one call away from a major deal. And I really love that. That was one thing about acting that I really, really enjoyed was you're one phone call away from your life drastically changing, like drastically changing. And the same thing goes in real estate. Someone could call tomorrow and say, hey, I have a $4 million house. Can you help me sell it? It's like, that's like a $100,000 commission. So if someone calls, when someone calls, I'll put the positive vibes out there. But that's like an overnight success. But also, if someone has a 200,000, 400,000, 600,000, 800,000, these are still huge chunks of change. And it reminds me of like commercial work where you're just like, you know, if, if you can get good at booking them or good at acquiring clients, like real estate pays a lot. And it's like overnight, you know, you get this big lump sum. So I think for some people who've never been in real estate or dealt with money in that way, it can be intimidating and kind of like highs and lows, but that's all I've ever known. I never got excited. Like if I made, you know, like 40 grand on something and you say, yeah, I did that in one day. Everyone's like, whoa, it's like, yeah, but now I'm not going to work for nine months. So you have to spread that 40 grand over nine months after paying your manager, agent and taxes, you walk away with like 20 and then you spread that over nine months. So your whole life as an actor and as a real estate agent, until you actually become financially, you know, stable with many different streams is essentially you're just living commission to commission on a runway rather than living paycheck to paycheck like so many Americans do, where they only got like two weeks of savings, but they have a paycheck every week. But if you're an actor or in real estate and you don't actually do the right things with your money, like I didn't for so many years, knucklehead, um, you, you end up living on a runway. So it's not paycheck to paycheck, but you look at your bank account and you're like, well, if another penny doesn't come in, I can survive for 16 months. Then you have a few bad months and you're like, oh crap, you know, and I only have 10 months left. And then all of a sudden something big comes in, a residual. And you're like, holy crap, now I'm back up to 21 months. And, you know, and so that's kind of how you live is on a runway. So what we figured out a few years ago was this whole runway life is insane. Like, I don't want to be like so many of my actor buddies who I have literally seen make so much more money than me, way more famous and they made like a ton, like 600 grand in a year. Then their show gets canceled. They don't work for four years. They went, they went from living in like a penthouse. And then four years later, they're, they're in the living room of their buddy 
like having literally no money. And I was like, this is no way to live. And so we got to figure out this money thing and figure out a way to make money and have multiple streams so that if acting doesn't book in a while or now the new acting like real estate, we don't rely on real estate to live. We have like four or five different streams of income that this way we're protected because after just taking a beating for so many years, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live on a runway. I just want to make sure. So that's why our next venture is going to be real estate investing so that we can add another stream where we have renters who are paying us and we can have some cash flow. So this way, if all social media disappears one day, you'll have real estate. And if real estate disappears, you'll have social media or you'll have the podcast or you'll have, you know, fill in the blank of our different streams that we have. So, um, so yeah, a lot of that goes into it. But anyway, dang, I don't know what question sparred that big rant, but thank you. I just took one from IG. Let me head over to YouTube here. Um, ooh, yes. Great one, Gerald. Um, yes. So we do have a script. Alyssa and I did write a script. Uh, it's called Unplugged. And we had some really great meetings and some very great opportunities to get the script sold, which we did not. Uh, and then it, and then it was around our wedding last December 31st, when we kind of put the script on the back burner and, uh, but we have it. So that's the good news. You know, we just have to get back into rooms through Zoom meetings and try to sell it. And uh, I, I really believe in it. I think it's great. But again, we had to pick and choose where to put our energy because again, just doing like a meeting here and there isn't any way with energy. Like you have to really commit to what you want to succeed in. And uh, the script is just really on, it's simmering right now. It's not even really on the list, but um, but we'll come back around to it. I just love that when the opportunity arises, we're like, hey, we got a full script that it's ready to go. So, uh, but I'd like to make it one day. And I, to be honest, I would love to make it on my own and put it on YouTube and Facebook because I'm yet to see people do that. And I think it could be a really fun way to drive attention to our brand and on YouTube and on Facebook by having a movie with a bunch of people in it and everyone just tells all their friends and family and fans and audience to go, hey, we have a new movie out. It's free. It's on YouTube. But all those millions of people who come and watch it, it's on our YouTube. So the only thing standing in that in our way of something like that is just, you know, a measly 250 grand of what it would take to produce it. But we could call up producers and everything like that. But then if you get producers involved or people or other people's money, you need in your pitch deck obviously, to show those investors how they're going to get their money back. So we wouldn't be able to put it out for free. I mean, we could run advertising on it, but it, we wouldn't make 250000 just by running ads. Um, you would have to have it be rented for five bucks. Um, and then you'd need, you know, 500, um, how many people would you need? 1,000 people, 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000. We need about 100,000 people for the investors to double their money. So that would be the pitch we'd have to figure out is, could we could we get 100,000 people to pay five bucks for the movie to turn their 250 into 500? You'd hope, but I like the idea of putting it on YouTube or Facebook and allowing people to share it for free and get a few million views because it's free 
um, and it be well received and then shared, shared, shared. And then we can prove ourselves as filmmakers and talk to all these studios and go, look, we put this on the internet and it's got 10 million views. So now invest in our next film for a million bucks and you put it on your platform. So I think that would be really fun to do. And the only other idea that I have, but we're not in the position to do it yet, is you might see some YouTubers do it. Alyssa and I do it. Uh, we haven't done it in this way. But some YouTubers will incorporate brands into their YouTube videos, and they'll be paid for that. So what I have an idea uh, to make happen in the future for this film, instead of raising $250,000 from investors who will obviously want their money back and then some. What if I reached out to Budweiser and I said, hey Budweiser, here's the people attached to our film that we're making. I believe with their amount of following and what we're trying to create here for free on YouTube and Facebook with all the advertising we wanna run, I believe we will do a million views, bare minimum, and at the industry standard, people will pay you $25 per thousand views if they're an advertiser. So my goal would be, hey, Budweiser, why don't you give us 25 grand? And in the drinking scenes, we'll have them all drinking Budweiser. Now, we're not going to go, ah, Budweiser, isn't it refreshing? No, it's just you're drinking. Like, I'm not promoting bubbly, but everybody watching this sees bubbly and it's brand awareness. Someone at the grocery store might go, I'm going to buy bubbly next time. Or... Well, Looney Tunes. But my whole point is that if I could get 10 brands like Jack in the Box, Budweiser, Nike, like whatever, and do brand deals and just raise the 250 that way, and then we would guarantee get our million views, everyone would be happy, and then we get to keep the profits from the advertising, but we don't owe actual investors money back. Um, so we have a lot of ideas on that. I know I got a little nerdy with all the number stuff, but... Um, Freddie, do you think you may go into training fellow fans how to act or train on how to do commercials? Patricia, great question. I actually um, did put out a video on YouTube. And if you type in Freddie, Freddie Smith commercials, maybe, or how to book commercials, I did a video a long time ago on how to do that. Um there was a time in my life that I wanted to to train and to help. I, I really enjoy educate, uh, being an educator. Um, but I had to make that decision as well to, you know, I just didn't want to pursue um, educating uh, or help, you know, in, in that sense of, of, of teaching acting to people. I think it is a, this is kind of the hard truth, you know, um, it's extremely hard to make it as an actor and God bless the acting teachers because there are so many who make impact on people who make people better actors. But for me, knowing that out of a thousand people that come into my acting class, even if they have a great time and learn something and they look back and they're like, Hey, I never booked anything or made it as an actor, but Freddie really helped me and I appreciate it. I'm sure there'd be a lot of that as well, but there's something about charging people you know, $400 a month and being like, you know, here's how to be a better actor, knowing it's like so damn hard to actually succeed. But then I, that, but then, but then again, that's in everything. If I did a social media class, if I did a podcasting class or eventually a real estate class, you know, like all of these things are, are extremely challenging and you have to be willing 
to have massive discipline and sacrifice and really hone in on your skill. And even with all that, you still need a little luck. Even with acting, yeah, I got good as I was on days. Yes, I trained. Yes, I went on auditions. But they just so happened to write a character for Wally and Judy, and I looked like them. And I happened to be the right age at the right time. So there is a little luck in all of it. You know, even for our podcast, you know, for us to go to the next level, it's going to take a little luck. Like we're grinding every single week. We have our membership podcast on Sundays um, and our numbers are growing. Like we're doing well. We're working with advertisers. We have a really good thing going. Uh, the audience retention's great. So thank all, of, thank you all for, for tuning in. I mean, we have very similar numbers every week. So we have a really core audience that loves what we're doing. Um, but we do need a stroke of luck in our podcast to take it to the next level. Well, what's a stroke of luck? A stroke of luck is one of the podcasts go viral and 3 million people now become aware of our podcast. And then maybe 30 more thousand of those 3 million stick around and become fans of our show. Or we do a video and like this is extreme, but I just saw this girl on TikTok. Um, for, the, for those of you who are watching on TikTok, I'm sure you've seen her. You know the girl who does the, uh, I'm a graphic designer and I redesign logos. Um, she was goofing around. She does this silly content where she takes logos of like popular brands like Pepsi, but then completely like makes them so much worse or not worse, but just makes them terrible. And it caught on, she went viral. All these huge companies are asking her to do their logos as a joke. And now I just saw she was on Ellen. She redesigned Ellen's logo and Ellen had her on her show. And so now she's going to blow up. So it's like, even for Alyssa and myself, it just takes some big media person like an Ellen, a Joe Rogan, or, you know, the other thousand amazing people to see one clip or something that we do and then bless us with an opportunity to get in front of their 3 million fans because if you introduce yourself to 3 million strangers who don't know we exist right now like I said 30,000 might stick around and that 30,000 is a life-changing amount of new audience members that takes our advertising revenue to an extremely high level and that's a that's a very extreme example of like Ellen but that's that's the whole thing like me doing those commercials, if I never booked days and never booked anything again, I got to work as an actor, made a little money, but that stroke of luck of days picking me and me working there for nine years is what allowed me to get good. It allowed me to build a wonderful fan base with all of you amazing people. And, you know, without it, so it takes a little luck. So it's like, no matter what you're going to do, even with real estate, like everything just takes a little, it takes all the discipline all the sacrifice, all the hard work, all the skills and talent that you need to build and consistently get better at. But then it takes just that dash of luck to make the whole thing, you know, overnight success. But I'm grateful. I'm patient because if we had an overnight success seven years ago, it might've collapsed. There's so many people who aren't emotionally ready, financially ready. They don't have an infrastructure that's ready. So all of a sudden they get inundated with 
all of this attention, all of this money, all of these new audience members, but they don't have a foundation to withstand it or know what to do. For all of you who watch us all the time, like we have a system. So our system can hold 100,000 new people and we would know what to do. Somebody who doesn't have, someone who's just, you know, mopping the floor and gets discovered and then all of a sudden they have 6 million followers and they want to start a podcast, they're going to be learning, failing and succeeding in front of 6 million people and they're going to have to learn. Where someone like Alyssa and I have been doing this for so long that if we got inundated with an opportunity, we have the foundation to support it. So um, that's the pros and the cons. And we're also, we've been humbled enough in life and we're old enough. And this is one thing I love that Joe Rogan talked about is that he got really famous in his thirties. So he's super down to earth because Alyssa and I, you know, we, we, Hollywood never got to our head. We also went through very humbling times, but now we're ready for the next, the next jump. So if we jump to like big time, big time, um, we're not going to change because we understand it. We understand the people. We understand what's going on. We've gone through our ups and downs with money. Now we know what to do. Like we wouldn't go buy a yacht or like a Ferrari and go outside of our means right away. Now that'd be cool in the future. Don't get me wrong. But we've done this stupid spending. We've done, we've done it all. So we had to go through those growing pains. I had a business manager who stole money from me. She effed us up for so long. Um, so there was just a lot of mistakes that we had to make on a smaller scale. And now we're ready. So that's why we're just putting everything we have. And that's why that was one of the reasons too to answer another question. That's why I didn't go back to the show just for five episodes or 10 episodes or come back and forth is I need to 100% close that door and put all my eggs in this basket moving forward. That's why I'm so obsessed with my diet and workout regimen now. Like I just hit a point in my life where I go, it's go time. Like no more excuses, no more being lazy or taking days off. Of course I take some off, but I mean, just I'm ready to go. I, I just, I want to, I want to just laser focus on what we're, what we're here to do and then take our life to the next level. Um, and, and it just took a lot of time to get there mentally, but we're here now and I'm just laser focused on doing that. So, so we're very, very excited. Um, let me take one more question here. I want to thank you. These are awesome questions. Thank you, by the way. Let me do another one here from Facebook. Sorry, Facebook. I went around the loop, but went on these long tangents. All right. So one more here. Wow. Facebook. I got to catch up. Thank you all. Um, all right. So some of these I already answered. Bear with me. We're going to make the last one a goodie. Who's it going to be? What's a good, unique question? What's something I've never been asked? Wait, this one might be kind of good. That's kind of a short answer. I'm making everyone wait. We got one more. You've made it this far. Let's get the juice. All right, Facebook. 
I'm not ignoring you. I, I've answered. This one makes me happy, though. I've answered all the questions that were asked. So let's let's find one more. Who's got a Who's got a unique one here to end this pod with a bang? Go over to Insta. Go down to the very bottom here. Hey, thank you, Julie. Really appreciate that. Thank you, Mary. Wonderful compliment. That's a great one, Gwen. I'm going to use that one as well. So, um, all right, let me put all these together. So, number one, do we miss anything about... Um, about Hollywood. Um, yes and no. I, I mean, it was our home for 15 years. I, I love Hollywood and the opportunity it offers. I have so many friends there. Uh, we have so many connections there as well. Uh, you know, if we were going to throw a get together, you know, we, we have like a hundred people to invite here in Orlando, we're building all new friendships. So I think just the familiarity and the comfort of Hollywood and the memories there were great. I met my wife there. My career started there. There was a lot of great memories. I know all the streets. I don't have to use Google Maps. Um, you know, I know all the good food joints. So just the familiarity I miss. Um, but there's just that was just perfect for that time in my life. And now I just love, love, love Orlando. It is so great. Um, why don't you ever vlog your weight training journey on YouTube? I have thought about that many times. If you've watched me for the past seven years, I get on these kicks. I will say this one does feel different, but I get on these kicks where I'll lose 30 pounds. Then I get a little lax and lazy with it. And then before you know it, eight months later, I've gained it back. And I never really want to go online and, 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 and give advice in such a direct way if, I, if I'm going to ever fluctuate. I don't know why I feel weird about that. So I kind of just talk about it randomly, but in a more informal way. But if I feel, if I say, here's how you lose weight, and then two years later I gain it back, and everyone's like, you know, I just always felt funny about that. But this time I have different motivation and I just feel different. I've really honed in on what I'm eating um, and I just feel a million times better. And I know, and, and many of you have been so kind and you're like, you didn't need to lose weight. You were great. And, and I appreciate that. And I know that I wasn't like too big, but you know, I definitely for 5'10", I should weigh about 175. And at my highest, I was like 217. Um, but that was like in the middle of the pandemic. I, I think out in Florida, maybe 212 was my highest. So um, right now I'm in the low 190s again. So I've lost about 20 some pounds. But I would like to get to 175, uh, and, and I think that's a healthy weight for me. I think between 175 and 185 is where I should stay. And I just feel better. My body feels better. Clothes fit better. My confidence has gone up. Um, so, but yeah, Gwen, I, I would love to. I, I think if I can actually make this a real lifestyle, and if I'm still with it, and I'm super ripped, or I get in the best shape I've ever been in the next six months— then maybe I'll feel confident of starting some sort of fitness thing to help people. And so as of now, I've just been sharing it on like Instagram stories and things like that because I do want to inspire people. It's made me feel so much better. And um, here, here's the biggest nugget that I got out of it. And it's it's not like here's what to eat or any of that. There's many dietitians and nutritionists who will know better than me. 
But here's one thing I will say that's come from it. At the end of the day, if a day in business didn't go well, if I didn't feel like I accomplished much, if it just felt like a mediocre day and I was feeling bummed out or whatever it is, when I hit my head at night on that pillow, I can smile and go, you know what, dude? Maybe that deal didn't go through or maybe this happened or that happened, but you ate 100% clean and you ate under 2,000 calories and that's huge. That is a big deal. Be proud of yourself because if you do that every single day and nothing else happens, in three months, you're gonna be in the best shape of your life and it's the one thing you can guarantee and control. You can't guarantee that you're going to get that job or get that promotion. You can't guarantee you're going to get that client or book that job or guarantee that you're going to do this. The one thing you have 100% complete control of is what you put in your mouth every day. So it doesn't matter if you're tired, what happens, what you put in your mouth, you have 100% control over and everything else you kind of don't. You can just do your best. So I love in my whirlwind of a life, that my diet going to bed at night, I go, at least this, I control no matter what. And that has been the biggest uh, thing for my confidence of going to bed being like, when I change that number on the dry erase board every day, I'm like, that's right. Even Alyssa brought home cupcakes the other day. Uh, long story short there, but she thought she was going somewhere and she ended up not. So she had all these cupcakes. <clears throat> but the reason I didn't take a bite is because I had 50 some days under my belt. I, I have gone, today's the 56, five, six. This is my 56th day. I have not had any dairy, no sugar, no processed food, and no alcohol. Now on sugar, I do eat mixed berries. I eat fruit. I'm, I'm talking like processed sugar. So this is a very extreme thing that I'm doing, but... I was just in the place of my life to do it. I've done paleo, keto. I went vegan for 17 days once. Uh, I've done calorie counting many times, but this time around, I really, really wanted to clean out all the garbage and, and really challenge myself to see if I can do the most clean diet ever. And uh, so I'm just taking it as a pride thing for at night when I go to bed. And I'm like, that's one challenge that you can control. And it's been, it's been awesome. So, um, Thank you all so much. I got to stop now because I feel like I'll lose my voice here if I keep going, but this has been wildly fun. Thank you so, so much. Please tune in next Wednesday. Alyssa will be back and we're going to be filming our 200th episode of the Freddie and Alyssa show next Wednesday. Check it out on YouTube or Facebook or on iTunes, wherever you, wherever you get it. We'll hopefully have it up by 6 p.m. We always uh, try to do that. But come celebrate 200 episodes with us. And the way I have this set up, I want to go live so much more. You're all so, so kind to me. The comments, the questions are so thoughtful. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on this journey with us because it's been a crazy ride and having your support and your, your dedication has, has made our journey that much more fulfilling. So thank you all so much. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, everyone.